welcome to the Inspired Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Lauren Parrish. In this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you an interview I did with Melody Semler. Melody is an online horse business coach living in Perth, Australia, with her husband, son, dogs, lizard, and two horses. Specializing in helping equine-related businesses get the confidence to move forward and get organized enough to be able to still have a life and a business, she's been involved in horses for over 37 years and is no stranger to the industry. Melody helps equine businesses worldwide with her current endeavor, equine entrepreneurs. Melody is a self-confessed optimist that uses her own business and life experiences to support and motivate others. With a deep understanding of social media, she has built a following of horse business owners from around the world and connects them to bring as much valuable and support as she can. She has helped me with my business in more ways than I can even count. So without further ado, let me go ahead and start our interview and I hope you enjoy this. Hey everyone, this is Beth Lauren Parrish and I've got Melody here with Equine Entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for being here with us, Melody, and I would love to welcome you and thank you for doing this interview with me. First, I'd love to just ask how you got into coaching Equine Entrepreneurs, like what was your main reason for switching over from doing all the amazing things you've done in your life to helping out horse businesses? <laughs> um, well, th- first of all, thanks for having me on here, Beth. Um, so my history or background was in marketing, graphic design, communication. I studied communication at uni. I worked in the printing industry. I worked in the marketing and design industry but it was, I was always doing things that helped businesses promote things, more on a corporate level than a small level. Then when I had my son uh, on maternity leave, I started a brow band business making show accessories. And over a space of 10 years, I made that incredibly successful six-figure business. We won a Telstra Award, which in Australia is a, is a pretty awesome award. And... Throughout probably the last four years of that business, I found myself at weekends at trade events and bits and pieces, constantly talking to people about how I'd got to where I was. And people would come up to me and say, gosh, you're so successful. I love your business. I've been following you forever. How do you do this? I want to start something. And I I found that I would spend just as much time talking to people about what colour goes on a black pony to how I got to where I was. So at some point I started up a little bit of a consulting business because at some point I kind of went, hang on a minute, I'm doing a lot of consulting and I'm not getting paid for it. Maybe I could actually get paid for this. And so I started Equine Entrepreneurs whilst also running the other business because that seemed like a good idea at the time. Insert eye roll. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> And then, yeah, pretty much that's how it started is just like standing in trade stands, having people ask me how I got to where I was. Same at Equitana. People would see my stall at Equitana with almost a line down the aisle of people waiting to come in and see what we had and, and buy things from us. And people would come to us at Equitana and also say, how have you got so many people in your stand? What are, what are you doing? So, yeah, that's how we started. That's amazing. So how has it evolved since you started there? Like, what are you doing now? Oh, my gosh, it's so evolved. So a couple of years after I started Equine Entrepreneurs, I actually sold my other business. Um, Some family circumstances changed and I did not have time to do both. So I sat down and thought about which is going to make me happier, which I am going to be more fulfilled with, and it was absolutely equine entrepreneurs. It's just where I fit. So I started out doing local workshops 
with local people. So I would, it was all in person. I would hire venues, organise like a day and present with slides and bits and pieces and that was super. But eventually, of course, I realised that I could reach at first people on the East Coast and so I started, because I'm on the West Coast uh, of Australia, so I started to think about how I could do some things online and I kept doing my in-person stuff. And then ultimately I hooked up with a business coach myself who said to me, well, if you can do this on the Eastern States, why can't you do it in the US? Why can't you do it in the UK? What's the difference? And so we opened my business to a global market and... I pretty much transitioned everything to online and have not looked back since. I'm so glad you did. I would not be doing this podcast without that. (laughs) (laughs) So just so you guys know, Melody has been my business coach for the past couple of years and my business has skyrocketed just from all of the amazing advice and information that she shared with me. So I am forever grateful. I, I can highly recommend her for anyone interested in actually making the move to get help and really getting stuff done. Yeah. And she, you know, that's, all that's due what she loves to do. <laughs> all due credit to you, Beth, is you have taken every single idea that I've ever suggested and ran with it. And you don't sit and think about it for you know, more than 30 seconds, if I'm being honest. So, you know, you were always going to be successful and you will continue to be because you're an action taker. Thank you for that. I definitely love being able to just go with things and enjoy it. And that's why I call you my, my unicorn business coach. You, you give me that inspiration <laughs> to take that magic and fly with it. And you definitely love the unicorns. That's what, one of the things you're known for. What, what's another thing that people know you for? Well, it was interesting because some time ago somebody said to me in a, in a training session, pick three things about yourself that you want your audience to know. I was already known for unicorns and that was just by accident. That was just one saying that I, I came up with at a, a talk that I gave locally about being inspired in business and I said that it was okay for life to be have more unicorns and rainbows in it. And then I became the unicorn lady and people started giving me unicorn stuff. Um, but the three things that I, I became known for was the colour purple, which is my favourite colour. Um, then, of course, my super doofus head horse, JD, who you're laughing silently <laughs> as I say this because you know how much of a doofus he is. But my, my dear, precious Irish sport horse, JD, is probably the thing that people know me for. In fact, to be honest, JD's got more than twice as many followers on Instagram as I do. That's so. just brilliant. <laughs> so how yeah. does JD help your business overall? Um, well, I mean, he's a great model for all of our social media, media photos because he, he pulls the most hilarious faces on a constant basis and he's one of those all over me horses. So he's, he's always got his face right next to mine or dribbling water down my chest or something. There's never a dull moment with that horse. So I use him a lot, but I think he also teaches me a whole lot of life lessons that can be applied to business. And I think, you know, there's a bit of temperance, a bit of patience to never take anything too seriously. He doesn't take anything seriously. I'm not sure how we can fit in the more treats, but surely we need more treats in business. I'm going to run with that and say, yes, we do need more treats. We need to celebrate everything that we do in business. And JD, he just thinks he's the bee's knees and he he just takes any moment. He just, there's never a dull moment around him. He just always is doing something funny. He's always acting. He's always doing something. He's always busy. And perhaps there's something to take from him there. I don't know. Totally. Well, he's always in the moment and he loves to be the moment, doesn't he? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, he, he certainly does like to be the moment. And you're, you're right. That's a really good point. He is always in the moment. And, and that's something that we should all learn to do better, both as human beings and business owners. But 
learning to not think about what happened last time or think about what might happen. Um, as a rider, and, and as you know, I'm, I'm not the most confident rider in the universe myself after having a cracker of a fall off him to just under two years ago. It is a, it is a really valuable lesson to, to be in the moment. And business owners need to be, human beings need to be. It's just a good lesson. Thanks, JD. Yes, he is a beautiful teacher and you're a good interpreter of him as well. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm glad you said confidence. One of my questions for you is what's your favorite thing to say to a client when they need a boost of confidence? Well, I have a couple of really good sayings that, um, that are very tongue in cheek and I find that when clients are feeling unconfident or people are feeling unconfident, um, my method is to use a bit of humour. And so my favourite saying is, you're not going to burst into flames. So <laughs> that's, that's the thing that I say. But if, if you're looking for, you know, more solid advice, what I tend to say to people is it's other people can't control how you feel, only you can. So no one can make you feel bad or make you feel small or make you feel dumb or anything like that. That's something that you're putting on yourself. So a lot of my clients will hold themselves back. They're a bit afraid to go out there, but they're afraid of being judged by people that don't matter. And my mum used to say this thing to me and she wrote it on a piece of paper before she passed away. And that piece of paper stayed on my fridge for, for years and years and years and years. And it, and it was, and I'm sure it wasn't unique to her. It was those that mind don't matter. And those that matter don't mind. And I think that's a really super lesson for all of us because when we start to get unconfident and start to think about, you know, what if that, what if somebody out there doesn't like us? Well, somebody out there is not going to like us. We don't need to worry about them. They don't matter. If they mind, they don't matter. So I think, you know, that's probably the biggest lesson that I try and encourage people to make, make them realise that not everybody is going to love us and all we need to focus on is the people that we do connect with. Find our people, find our tribe, find our herd, whatever you like to say, and connect with them and just worry about them. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I got you're chills welcome. when you're talking about your mom leaving that note for you. <laughs> She was pretty cool, my mum. So speaking of that fall you were talking about, how has a setback in your life helped you become a better business coach? Well, well I can laugh because there's probably uh, some practical levels and some emotional levels. First thing is I was on a physical, practical level. I was so broken that I was trapped in one room with a laptop and a phone for four months and I could not leave the bed oh pretty much goodness. without help. Well, I was on crutches. Well, no, I was in a wheelchair for some of it. I could not leave the room for most of that time. So, you know, there was a lot of time on my hands. So thanks JD for ditching me so that I could just lay in bed for four months and focus on my business. Um, wasn't really part of the plan, but that, but I'm going to have to say that the honest truth is, is that, very early on in that recovery process, I went, all right, I can either just lay around in bed and feel sorry for myself and watch the entire contents of Netflix. And I did consider giving that a crack. But, or I can just pull my shit together and just just make the mess, best of a bad situation, which is what I did. So, you know, my husband was leaving for work early in the morning. So I would be getting, he would help me get dressed I would then get back on top of a made bed and just set about my day of working. So, so there was that, that actual practical physical element that I had the time to work on my business. But then I guess on a, a self-development level, I, I gained the ability to care less about what else was going on around me um, it was a very interesting process. Friends reacted to my injury in completely different ways to what I expected. Some showed up for me, some disappeared, and there was some pain associated with that. So what I learned from that is that 
I suppose it's a little bit of stealing myself to not getting upset about things that probably don't matter. So I think at that point, that fall did turn things around for me in so many ways in that I was just like, right, I've got zero tolerance for any rubbish anymore. It was just just like it created a switch for me. Whether it was more time to think or the dramatic response that came from people around me that I did not expect or what, or a combination thereof, I, I just don't know. But the end result was I came out of it a far better person, far more resilient, and I was able to recognise just how damn strong I was because I had pretty severe injuries and I just kept going. Absolutely, and I'm so proud of you for getting through that and evolving the way you have. Thank you. Well, and you were a very big part of that, you know, having been through your own injury recovery yourself, uh, you were able to, you know, be that, that person for me that I could see that you had done it and so I could too. So it was really great to have your support while we were doing that. I'm glad I could help. And <laughs> there's, there's nothing better than realizing that your own manure can help you get everyone else through their manure so yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so right. yeah. let's let's use it totally so what's a piece of advice that you find that you repeat often to your clients well gosh there's quite a few things that I say but I think that a couple of the things that I repeat often is to sit down and work out the money because it's interesting because horse business owners or horse owners even we we have this different relationship with money like we're perfectly happy to spend as much money as we can on feed and vitamins and you know pretty saddle pads and what have you but when it comes to us accepting money when we set our own prices people tend to grossly undervalue their time and so I regularly have pretty confronting conversations with business owners where I actually sit down and say, do you realise that you're earning $20,000 a year? Is that what you think you're worth? Because, you know, you can probably get that working at Macca's and it would be less stressful. So I think the biggest piece of advice that I give constantly is get across your numbers, do the maths. And it sounds really boring, but it's just so important. Like there's no point doing this unless you are actually getting somewhere. Um, and then I think the second piece of advice, and, and again, this is kind of the opposite to what I hear from a lot of business coaches and you see on the social media, they're all about hustle, hustle, work till midnight. It's almost like you're not a proper business owner if you don't start up until 1am hustling. And I'm just not that person. I, I don't do 1am well. I tend to be a bit of a cranky person by 1am. <laughs> and, you know, and I also don't, want to be working 24 hours a day I actually want to be in a situation where it's okay for me to saddle up my horse in the middle of the day go for a long ride then sit down and relax and not feel guilty about it and I've structured my business so that I can do that but not have to work until one o'clock in the morning that night to catch up so I think one of the things that I'm constantly telling people is you need to take time off pedaling faster is not the answer It is about being smart about your time, smart about your money. And I'm often saying to people, book into that art class. Go and book into that lesson. Like there's no point you having six horses, busting your butt to pay for them and then never actually having the time to ride them or play with them. So work-life balance is a big thing that I rant. I think you could safely say I do rant about it. It's so important though. I'm really glad you do. <laughs> it is. It yes. is. It's really important. And it's amazing how once people take time off from sitting in front of their computer or sitting in their office or sitting wherever they sit or even driving from property to property to property, treating horses, doing whatever they do, it's amazing once people slow down and give themselves some time that they then have that time to think about their business, make some changes that make a a long-term change so they might still be making the same amount of money but be doing less hours and 
suddenly you become more productive. You know, sitting in front of a computer for 10 hours a day is not productive. You've got to be able to get up and walk away and do something else, go outside, take in some fresh air, and you will be more productive once you come back inside. Go and smell a horse, I say. I say to people, go and smell a horse. That's <laughs> so smart. I love it. Yeah, because they bring us back to ourselves and remind us why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, and you can get so worked up about stuff. And, like, I, I've got a, a massive tractor tyre set in my paddock and it's full of dirt because with um, Phantom, Phantom thought he wanted to be a circus pony at some point and he, we taught him to stand all four legs on this tractor tyre. JD's like, yeah, I can do one leg, maybe two, but four? What do you mean four? <laughs> so I go and sit on that quite regularly and the horses will come up. Phantom will come up for a pat, JD will and then go and then JD will stay and... He'll just like, I'm sitting and I'm really serious and I've been, you know, thinking about email sequences and CRMs and return on investment and then he'll just like wipe snot across my face. (laughs) And he just brings me back down to earth and reminds me that the small things are the real things. And he just manages to do that just at the appropriate moment. (laughs) He's just got an uncanny ability to sense when I need snot wiped across my face. And does it. Yeah, he's just reminding you to come back to your body, come back to your now moment, right? Very, very much yes. so. Very much so. Yeah. So, you know, I don't. And he's, he's really funny because if I do pull my phone out of my pocket, if I happen to have left it in my pocket, he'll try and eat the phone. And I'm sure that he's just trying to say, hey, you're doing outside time, lady. We're not, we're not doing phone time. So... At some point, I think he even trained me to not connect myself to my electronics when I'm out there. And so now I don't even take my phone out there because if I have it out there, he's going to try and eat it anyway. So, and I need it. (laughs) So, um, and it costs a lot of money, so I don't really want him eating it. (laughs) So I just leave it inside. And that's a really good lesson. You know, it turns out my horse is actually smarter than me sometimes. (laughs) It's amazing, right? (laughs) (laughs) You keep them around for so many reasons. I know, I know, I know. So something you mentioned was slowing down, and that's one of the main themes of my life and what I teach people with with training and riding, of course. So slowing down and then really getting quiet and listening to your intuition. So how would you say your intuition has helped you with your business? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I guess it's been really easy and it is really easy in, in my kind of position to get sucked down the path of wanting to be like someone else. And I've always had that sense in my life that I'm not like other people. There's always been something about me. And I remember when I was 26, I did a mature age entry um, universe. I had an accident when I was in year 11. So I didn't do the traditional university entry stuff because I missed far too much school um, recovering from this. I fell off my push bike doing 100 mile an hour kind of thing. And um, so at 26 years old, I did this exam and the exam subject, you got all these sentences and, what, and you had to write an essay about it. One of them was, I'm a nonconformist because... And I wrote an essay about that and I got 98.5% for that essay and a letter from university, the best university in WA, a letter from their dean inviting me to come and do whatever I wanted, which I didn't actually do anything there because I didn't want to do anything there. And it like that was the first time that I stepped into that. I am different and I'm okay with being different. And I don't know what that difference is but I don't like doing what everyone else does. I didn't fit in in corporate life. Well, I did do 12 years of corporate life, but I was the one that would turn up in a baby pink jacket in a sea of people with grey and black. And right on. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. And I wore bright, a bright, really, I had this favourite top that was really, really bright pink roses all over it. And, and like, I stood out. I worked in a, in a very, very corporate law firm and 
you get like a pink jacket was just unheard of, man. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I was always that person. So in the in the path in my business, it, it was it became really easy to at first go, oh, I should be mirroring myself off this person, off that person, this one's successful, that one's successful. And then at some point I went, you know what? I I didn't like hearing all that corporate stuff when I was looking for business help. So why am I trying to fit into that role? That doesn't work. So my instincts just told me to abandon all tradition of, you know, using return on investment and key performance indicators and all those fancy words that I know inside out and I understand it all. But I left corporate life because I don't like that rubbish. And I, as a small business owner, I wanted to have someone just speak to me like a real person and not make me feel dumb. And so my instinct told me that I should abandon that, be myself, let my weirdness out, let my love of unicorns out. And the more that I became myself and just like brought my sense of humour into my social media, brought my love of unicorns, just became myself, stopped talking corporate words and started making up my own words like massing. Then my audience started to just grow and grow and grow and my, my business quadrupled once I followed my instincts and be, became myself. Oh, so that's really just brilliant. Powerful. It was really, really powerful and continues to be really powerful for me. It's awesome. Getting chills again. It's just awesome to hear that because you step into your authentic self and then next thing you know, success just comes inevitably. It's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Just be yourself and be who you are. Don't try and be what you think you should be. Be who you are. And that way it's so much more comfortable for me. I don't have to put anything on to be me I don't have to switch my business mode on because I'm there all the time isn't that easier so much so much easier so and I've made so many amazing connections with amazing horse business owners and you know my horses are the luckiest two horses on the planet because I have 1700 horse experts in my group who are there to help me with my horse journey. Okay, I'll grant that that sometimes gets confusing. But <laughs> so like they, you know, well, it's also my tech room's full of some really cool stuff, which, <laughs> you know, maybe shouldn't be. But anyway, but I think, you know, I think that is it's just being that authentic person that you are, it's so easy. And then people will be attracted to you because you're comfortable in, in the space that you're in. So they want to be there with you because that makes them comfortable. Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit more about your group. And that's actually how I found you. And I was so excited that I got accepted into the group because when I first found you, it was when it was just getting rolling and I didn't think I was allowed in because I was from the US and it looked like it was all from from Australia. So I was like, oh, I hope I get to go in this group. It looks fun. Like it just yeah, it, right. it magnetized people. It was really amazing. So you're right. Cause we only had a few hundred people then from memory mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure you were the first person from overseas to join the group. So, and, and I, and I think sometime like I might've let you in and then had someone else, you probably invited someone else. And then I had the conversation with my business coach going on, oh, do I actually want these people from the U S and that's where we had that little why can't we go global so and you know the rest is history and I'm very grateful that you did find my group because I love you so um the group I started the group because I wanted to I was in that space and a lot of my clients go through this and and I I can help them through this because I've done this myself and my journey is evidence of it is at first I was offering my services dirt cheap because I wanted to help everybody. And I knew a lot of small business owners couldn't afford what a business coach costs. So I was offering myself dirt cheap, running myself into the ground, not getting results because it was so cheap, people weren't necessarily invested. So I had lots of people not turning up to appointments because they weren't valuing it, not putting the work in because they weren't valuing it, um, flaking out constantly. 
And it was just really tough. And, and I, you know, at some point I've just gone, I don't even want, know if I can do this. I don't want to do this. <clears throat> so I've gone, hang on, what if I start a group? And I did this with the help of someone else. I start this group and then start giving free business coaching away because it's going to fulfill my human need to help everybody and then I can actually just pick people out of that group that are those next level people that can actually afford to pay for my services and, and just work with them. So the group was a way for me to connect as many people as possible, for me to help as many people as possible, and, but also connect people because the more I connected people, the more they help each other, then what was important to me was that they were getting help, not necessarily that it was me personally helping them. So the idea was to create a community that um, was people that could help each other, that I could help, and then that would be a group of people I could then at, at occasion present myself and say, hey, do you want to join my program or do you want to buy my, my planner or whatever? And I remember at the beginning my goal was to have 500 people and we're over 1,700 and, and growing daily now. And I get messages every day from people saying, hey, I love your group, just wanted to say, hey, or ask me a question. Or often they'll say, I just wanted to say, hi, I don't post in there because I'm a bit shy, but I wanted to tell you that I really appreciate it. And I, it's just... Oh, so beautiful. It yeah. just warms my heart. Like on a daily basis, somebody says something nice about my group. So... That I don't care how much time it's it costs me. That group is 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 my family. It's everything. I love it. Absolutely I love it love too. It. I'm so glad you created it and was able to find you. And it's just amazing that we can have all these connections across the world. I know, I know. It is amazing. And you know, now as a result, you know, probably realistically of you joining my group and then me realising that I could connect with people in the US. Now I have a bunch of clients from all over the world uh, in my programs. I'm just looking at my list. I've got, you know, probably seven or eight people in one program that are from the US or Canada. I've got two one-on-one clients in the UK and uh, one in California. And like, it's just amazing. It's just, it's a privilege. It's, it's really cool. I love it. And I love that I'm learning stuff about other countries and how weird you guys talk. <laughs> we, yes. just had the, we just had the discussion of how to pronounce a particular word, didn't we, Beth? Yes, we did. <laughs> so, so, I was talking about my horse's shoes and saying the word aluminium. And you corrected me and said, how do you say it? Well, here in the US, we call it aluminum (laughs) and then I wrote it down and I went actually I can see how we both pronounce it so I don't know who's right but I'm going to vote Australia (laughs) I'd say we're all right and it's just the energy we put into it right (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness well speaking of all these different clients around the world can you share a success story that you're really proud of with one of your clients oh yeah I will actually I have a client that I've been, is a good friend of mine. I've been working with her for, I don't know, probably since her start of her business, probably 10 years. So I've probably, she was the, probably the first person I ever helped. And I'm sure that she was one of the people that was originally saying to me, you should be paying, you should be being paid for this. You should be charging people. You're really good at this. But... We started off with um, how can I make some extra money and we were talking about, she platted my horse for me at a show and I said, you know who I'm talking about now? Yes. And I said, I just paid someone to plant my horse before and you did a better job. You should be charging for this. And she was like, what? People would pay me? And, and in the US yeah. we call it braiding, <laughs> braiding our horse's oh. mane and then you oh, call it planting, okay. right? Just so you know. <laughs> Okay, gotcha. And and so she started to do uh, plating, braiding for people and charging money and then she started to do extra bits and pieces and then she started to do clipping and then she started to add a few products in and then she had a, a family and then started to really focus on the product side of the business and 
you know, she's well into six figures now, well into six figures. And like, a, I can't even give you a percentage. It's, it's hundreds and hundreds of per- percentage increase. Wow. And in the last, now she showed me her figures for the last three years and it is something like a 400% increase in the last three years just from some of the extra things that I started saying, all right, now you've been doing this really nicely, let's just take this to the next level and do this next lot of things. And she would go kicking and screaming and she would take a year and I don't want to do it. And then she'd later on say, you're so right. That worked really well. Thank you so much. She's probably one of my best success stories. I mean, I've got lots, but she is a really awesome story. From nothing to so successful, uh, well-known around the world. It's amazing. And she's so kind and her products are top-notch. I I waited three months for the products to arrive because of you know, the COVID situation, yeah. the, the flights weren't coming. And I finally was able to use these products on my pony today. And let me tell you, the smell was incredible. Just that yeah. alone made me happy. But my pony yeah. is so shiny and fluffy. It's amazing. He has this yeah. really, really wavy tail. And um, we used the, all this whitener stuff and conditioner and detangler. And I was like, so impressed. I was like over the moon, like, wow, these are the best products ever. So they, um, they, yeah. they really, and they really are, they are really yeah. good products. And now so, I want to use them in my hair. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, do, 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 totally do. Yeah. You'll, you'll thank me later. Um, but but I think the thing that she was hesitating on was doing videos. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So and I've been saying, let's do videos, let's do videos for years and years and years and years. And it, and then eventually she's just gone, oh, all right, shut up. I'll do the videos. And once she started doing the videos, it, then everything just went completely nuts. And the videos are free, how to, how to um, plate your horse's forelock, how to thin its mane, how to do all sorts of bits and pieces. And originally some of those videos, and I'm sure some of them are still up there, we're filmed here at my place with my horses, with me holding her phone. Um, she's got far more fancy with her equipment and, and stuff now, but they're still simple how-to videos that aren't particularly flogging a product, but she's just built so much credibility in the industry that people go to her for all kinds of stuff now. And she does demonstrate using her own products and people see the benefit of, her, of it without her selling it. She's, she has done an amazing job. She's really, really good at what she does. And, but yeah, it's the resisting the video. The whole thing that, that at the beginning, she was like, I don't like the sound of my voice. And I was like, I don't really care. You don't have to listen to it. It's everybody else that's got to listen to it. What are they going to say? What do they care about your voice? It's, I don't think any of us listen to our own voice and think, oh, we sound like a magical, amazing unicorn fairy. Unicorn fairy, is that a thing? I'm not sure. Well, anyway, we can decide it is, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I seem to have made up another thing and that's how, I, that's how I roll. I do make stuff up. So, And I think it was just that let's just get over hearing the sound of your own voice on video and move past that. And once she was able to do that, she just could not stop her. She just started churning video after video out. And they've gone viral all around the world. You see how many views some of them have got. It's in the millions. That's amazing. Amazing. Millions, millions oh of views. I love yeah. that. And that's one of the things you really encourage people to do. I notice even in your free group, how you give people permission to be themselves and to really get out there and do live videos. So what are some tips that you tell people when they're afraid to do a live video? Yeah. Um, that's that's a great question. So the, the sort of things that I say to people is um, on a practical level, when you're doing a live video, uh, look at the camera, not at the reflection of yourself. Because the moment that you start looking at the reflection of yourself, you start judging and you start going, my face is weird or, oh, what a, you know, oh, my eyelashes are looking funny and, oh, my hair is a bit out of place. And you start fluffing about and worrying about what you look like where the people watching the video don't actually care. So I say to them to look at the camera, 
not at the reflection of yourself and imagine that you're doing a video call with somebody that you know and just that you're just explaining whatever it is that you are trying to get across to your audience and that's a really good way to get past that first bit of fear um, and then the second thing that I probably say to people is you don't have to fill every space of a live video with sound because what happens is people get in front of a camera and go, right, it's filming, I have to talk and I have to talk really fast and I have to fill every space with that and I have to be keeping on going and I can't breathe and I have to keep talking and then, <laughs> then if I run out of things to say, then I'm going to start muttering and then I don't know what to do and then it just becomes so overwhelming for them. They run out of air and then they start to feel faint and dizzy and like physical symptoms actually start hitting them. Then they start to flush and then they start to think that doing a live video is literally going to kill them. Oh my goodness. And part of that is yeah. just because they can't slow down. Oh look, there's that slow down message again. <laughs> so I say to people, slow down and breathe. And what I say, if you need to breathe at the end of a sentence or, you know, a couple of sentences that you've said, the chances are that your audience also needs that moment to take in what you've just said. So they need you to breathe too. They're not absorbing it at a faster rate than you're giving it out. So we need time to process what we hear. So I just say to people at the end of your sentences, stop and breathe, take a breath. And then keep going. And telling people to do that gives them permission to go at their own speed and not feel like they have to fill every moment with sound. I love that tip. Yeah. It's actually similar to when I invite people to breathe in between transitions for their horses. Yes. Breathing is highly disregarded these days and really it's something that we really need to be doing all the time. Yes, conscious <laughs> breathing and breathing into our hearts too. That's, that's the most beautiful way to connect. And if you yeah. actually just take a few moments and breathe in your heart center before you're about to do a live video or any connection in that matter, then it just brings you back into yourself, into that now moment. Yeah, and you know what? Now, now that you've said that, that's just reminded me of um, your one of your guided meditations. And I was listening to it. I'll just be honest and say 2 o'clock this morning. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't sleep. And you walked me through four sets of circular breathing, the four holding, uh, breathing oh, for the four. four square breathing. Yes, yes. Mm. What, tell your audience about that, Beth, so that, because that would be fantastic for people to do that just before they do a live. Oh, yes. Well, I learned that recently, uh, actually through one of my clients. She said it helped her with anxiety and bring her back into her body. So I used it for the meditation. So you basically, you breathe in for four, you hold for four, you breathe out for four, and then you hold for four. And of course, you do that for a cycle of four times. Yeah. And you can also focus on your heart as you're doing that. And that would really solidify it even more, make you feel yeah. like you're coming into your heart-mind coherence and get everything lined up ready to go so you can be in your body, slowing down, focus on your breathing, and then just enjoying the moment of being able to connect with people all over the world. Like that's the most fun. When I go live, I'm like, wow, I wonder who's going to be watching this. And I wonder yeah. who I'm going to make smile right now. I mean, that's just exactly. like the coolest feeling ever, you know? Yeah. And it's, <laughs> you know, being working for yourself from home can be a lonely business. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm never alone. I've got a snoring dog to my left <laughs> and a curled up dog to my right and a teenager that probably won't surface for hours because it's school holidays. But, you know, essentially we're, we're on our own. And what I love about lives is suddenly I've got this group of people that I'm hanging out with that are chatting to me and it's, it's really amazing. And you're right, like doing that. Do you know what? You need to make me a very short meditation, two-minute meditation for people that I can give to them and say, do this before you go live. I would love that. Oh, my gosh. That's Absolutely. Amazing. See, oh. we're, we're creating things right here. This is, this is the way we people. roll. <laughs> you're keeping it to my people and let's make that happen straight away. Ta-da. 
Because, yeah, <laughs> you're, um, for those that haven't listened, Beth's meditations are amazing. They are amazing. They are so good. I love them and uh, I love listening to it. I particularly enjoy the ones that are sort of more suited to sending me to sleep or making me wind down and sort of put my, my day stresses aside. But uh, they, are, they are fantastic. I'm so grateful that you made them. It's been really good. Thank you so much. I love making them. And what's so interesting, you mentioned about how people don't like to hear their voices. So believe it or not, when I first started teaching, I really didn't like hearing myself on video. And I had to make a shift. And my sister, who's a vocal coach, spent, I think, two hours with me to help me find my sound. And right. after that, I was like, oh, I like this. I can do this all the time. So was that learning to accept your voice or did she help you change something? She actually helped me physically change because, well, I'll just, for example, I grew up on Long Island in New York and New Yorkers, we talk like this and I got to have my coffee right now. And we talk like, uh, and it's it's very high pitched and more um, abrupt. And so uh, I get lower in my sound and then all of a sudden it gets bigger and more open. Mm-hmm. But if I start talking fast again, it just comes up, up, up and I don't like that. <laughs> so it's really interesting to just play around with it. And then I'll also do like chanting, like, um, things like that. And that'll help bring me back in. That's really so interesting. I find my sweet spot. So you have to like play around with it. And there are moments while I'm doing a podcast or if I'm editing and I'll, I'll need to stop and then come back and, and re-record. And then I'll mm-hmm. go, oh, I wasn't in my sweet spot. That doesn't sound right anymore. <laughs> so it's really fascinating to kind of like play around with that. So it's definitely yeah, worth it to get a vocal coach to help you because she really helped me like play around with like different positions in my body and then like thinking of different visuals. I'm a very mm-hmm. visual learner. Um, so that helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. So I guess people could, uh, you know, seek someone out that could help them with feeling more comfortable with how they sound or changing and controlling how they sound. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. That's a, that's a really interesting thing. Yeah. So yeah, my sister does it. And then I have another dear friend in, in Texas in Austin who does it as well. And she does um, ha- sound healing. And uh, oh, I remember wow. laying on the ground and she put the, the um, Tibetan bowls on me and got them vibrating. That, oh yeah. That was yeah, like yeah. the coolest thing ever. Yeah. They are pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> amazing sound you can just lose yourself in that yes yes yeah so let's see i think i have one more uh, two more questions for you if you're up for it yeah okay what's a question that you wished people would ask you do you want more chocolate <laughs> oh that's not what you meant is it <laughs> hey that's an honest Honest question. I love it. <laughs> that, came, that just came straight out. Uh, what's a question that I wish people would ask me? Um, oh, Beth, that's a tricky one. I think that it would be great if I didn't have to spend so much time getting people to realise that they actually need to stop to take a step back. So the, what would the question be? If I just keep going faster and faster, will this business work? That's what I'd like people to ask me because then I can just say, yeah, no, (laughs) it's not going to work. You need to stop. Yes. Slow down. Let's fix it from a different angle. So maybe that would be my question. Yeah. Tell the business owner to hit the pause button and reassess everything. But that's after they've given me chocolate. But yes. (laughs) This is important, people. (laughs) Very important. Oh, my goodness. So (laughs) if you had one idea, one concept that you'd want to leave people who are listening to this, the equine entrepreneurs out there, they've never met you, what would you want them to know? Um, I think that I'd like them to know that each and every one of them has the capability of making their business a huge success. It's, there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with their business idea. There's 
money in whatever they're thinking about doing, uh, whatever stories you're telling yourself that you're not good enough or your business isn't going to work or for whatever reason, it's just a story. And the best thing to do is to take a step back. And, and a friend of mine who's a mindset coach, she's actually my neighbour, we go walking together. She says to me all the time the analogy of uh, when we're in the, the dance floor and in the ballroom, we can't see everything. So what we want to do is take a step back, go back up onto the balcony and look over everything from above from a different perspective. And so I would encourage people to not sit stuck in their business, which they think is failing, take a step back, get up on the balcony, look at it from a distance, reframe their thoughts about it, reframe their negativity about it, and it's totally doable. Everybody can make a success. And I've done it over and over, and I've done it with hundreds of people now. So I'm really, really confident that your business can work for you if you actually just stop and do the maths and figure out how to work smarter and also stop trying to be everything to everybody. That was like 27 messages. Sorry, Beth. (laughs) (laughs) That is totally fine. That is totally fine. (laughs) And all important. So I think people got a lot out of that. Just it is. It's all important and it all works together. Like if you only do one part of it, then you're missing the other part. Like it's all very good to look at your mass, but if you don't then look at your um, the way that you structure it and if you don't talk to your audience and find out what they actually need because, you know, there's no point offering a product or a service that nobody wants. You actually have to know if people need it or want it. You know, you need to, and you need to know what their problem is so that you can go and solve it not just think, oh, I should do this. That's a huge lesson. Yes. Massive lesson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We have, we can come up with all these amazing ideas and think that'd be cruel. But what we actually need to know is what people need or more to the point, what their problem is and how we can fix it. Definitely. Yeah. Keep seeking out the solutions. Yes. And then everyone can benefit. So that's good. Mm. Melody, thank you so much for chatting with me. How can people find you? You can find me on Facebook, uh, Equine Entrepreneurs. My business page is Equine Entrepreneurs dash Melody Semler. Or my website is Equine E. I don't have to spell that for horse people, do I? Equine E, so the E stands for entrepreneurs, dot com dot au because I'm in Australia. Beautiful. Well, I'll have your website and the links in the description of this podcast for you so people will be able to find you. That would be awesome. Yes, thank you. And I really appreciate your time and all your expertise. And thank you for helping me make my business amazing as well. You are so welcome. It's been an absolute privilege. Um, And thank you for having me on this podcast. I really appreciate it. It's been fun, as usual, talking to you. You're welcome. And as I always say, may the horse be with you always. Yes. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm looking forward to sharing more interviews with you in the future. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me on my website, inspiredriding.com. Remember to lead with kindness for yourself and for your horse. And may the horse be with you always.